Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Post Game Show. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, but new and improved, I guess you could say, is my masked co-host Lance Williams. For those that are not watching on YouTube, you're missing out. Um, Lance, how's it going? We day, <laughs> we day. That's all I gotta say. We day. So. If you guys listened to last week's program, Jeff agreed to stay clean shaven until they lost. So I figured what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So I went Mil Mascaris, but Pittsburgh Steelers style Luce Libre. You like it? You guys like the look? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we day. We day. Yes, that is correct. So if you haven't figured it out yet and you're listening to the show, uh, the Steelers win 28-21 in rather, in my opinion, an improbable fashion based on the fact that with about one minute and 30 seconds, maybe a little bit less than that, the Pittsburgh Steelers surrender the go-ahead touchdown. Joe Mixon plunges into the end zone, and the Steelers had all three timeouts and didn't even need them, marched down the field, and when they were in Chris Boswell's field goal range, Antonio Brown said, I got this. Takes an RPO pass across the middle. They were at the caught him in a blitz. It was the perfect play call. And he's off to the races. Game over. Steelers win. They're now three, two, and one. They head into the bye week. I think they're going to need the bye week. That was a very physical football game. Vontez Perfect was back to his shenanigans. We'll talk about that in a second. And we're going to break down everything that's going on with the black and gold as they now head, as I said, into the bye week in terms of where they are in the division and et cetera. But Lance, first, what's your knee-jerk reaction to this? Uh, what do you think? Uh, what were your first initial thoughts after the game? Well, my knee-jerk reaction is, hopefully, listeners, you don't hear the fire alarm in my house going off. But if you do, that's my knee-jerk reaction, that the Steelers are on fire. They're on fire. <laughs> playing solid football. And one thing I, I think about when I, when I think about the game, and, and me and my dad were watching the game, it's starting to look better. We're starting to get some consistent performances out of the defense. They're starting to play uh, a cleaner brand of football. You know, you still have some head scratchers and some drives where you wish they would play some better defense. However, you know, but it is what it is. But as the alarm rings in the background, if you hear it, the Steelers are on fire. And going into the bye, three, two, and one. Absolutely. So, Lance, why don't you go ahead and take care of that? I'm going to talk about some stats here in the meantime. And um, let's go and let's break down these statistics here as hopefully Lance, his house is not on fire. Um, ben Roethlisberger finishes the day 32 for 46, a rather efficient day from Big Ben. He finishes with 369 yards, averaged eight yards per uh, reception, one touchdown pass. That was the game winner to Antonio Brown. Zero interceptions. Was not sacked once with a rating of 100.7. That was a pretty solid of evening, or I should say a day for Ben Roethlisberger. Now, let's go to the running game. James Conner had 19 carries. Now, Lance, we talked about this a lot on Wednesday's show about whether he would get 20 carries I said he would outright. I was really close. He got 19, ended up with 111 yards rushing, averaged 5.8 yards per rush, two touchdowns, and a long run of 26 yards. 
but it gets better. <clears throat> Go to receiving. Juju Smith-Schuster leads the Steelers with seven receptions for 111 yards, averaging 15.9 per reception. Did not get in the end zone. I thought he should have when he took that ball out of Denard's hands, but he didn't. He had 10 targets on the on the day. That's a 70% catch rate. That's pretty solid. Antonio Brown, I, I tweeted this out, and uh, Lance, I'll give you a second here to let me know what you think about this. I said that the Ben Roethlisberger-Antonio Brown connection is changing. It reminds me of Barry Sanders. And anyone that was alive when Barry Sanders played, uh, you would know that the it was a, he was a player that it seemed like, man, we got him bottled up for three quarters, and all of a sudden, boom, he killed you. And that's kind of the way it was with Brown and Ben today. He ended up with five receptions for 105 yards, 21 average, one touchdown with a long of 48, and he had only six targets. So that's a really good day for him. But again, it wasn't until the second half that he exploded. Vance McDonald had a good game, seven catches on eight targets for 68 yards, 9.7 yards. Uh, Xavier Grimble had two catches. Jesse James had five catches. James Conner with four receptions for 18 yards um, on seven targets. And some of those targets on the two-minute drill at the end of the game, Ben was just thrown at his feet to kill the clock. But here you have James Conner. He had 111 rushing. He added 18 receiving. You know, Lanza, before we get into the defense, last week we were absolutely murdered on this show and after the show, saying that maybe the Steelers don't need Le'Veon Bell because James Conner's sample size is so small, and because he beat he did it against a very poor Falcons defense. Are you still saying singing the same song? I mean, what what are your thoughts on his performance today? Whoever said that, and I forget the the the, the responder who did that and wrote that as a comment. Look, we can all be wrong. You know, we can all be wrong. I can get it wrong. Jeff can get it wrong. We can all get it wrong. Whoever uh, commented about uh, the failure podcast or whatever that, just 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 eat some crow, man up, leave a comment and say, we were right and you were wrong. James Conner is a very good football player. And the way it looks is that if they involve Conner into the game plan, that he's going to produce. And we see that they are playing the type of football that they need to play. And they play a similar fashion as they play with Le'Veon Bell, where Le'Veon Bell last year averaged close to 25 touches a game. And that's where they're getting with James Conner. That is the type of brand of football that they need to play. Because when you look at the game book as well, although, had been, although Ben had 46 attempts in this game, James Conner's number was called 26 times. 26 rushing attempts and the seven targets that he got. And that's where you want it. That's how balance is going to look on this football team. But the other thing, Jeff, when you look at this stat book or the game book after the game, I mean, when you give up 200 yard receivers in a game and the top three receivers for the Steelers catch the ball. Uh, what is that? They had 24 targets between Schuster, McDonald and Brown, and they caught the ball 19 times. You're going to lose a football game. The Steelers did their best to not win the football game, but they played just well enough down the stretch to win the game. Some curious stuff by Tomlin in the game. I thought not challenging it there was curious at best, but you got to trust your offense to get a yard. But overall, a solid victory on the road, going back to Paul Brown Stadium, the place where Ryan Shazier was hurt last year. And as a side it was fantastic seeing some of the images of Ryan Shazier break the guys down to start the game, seeing him walk out on the field 
I know it had to be very emotional for him and very emotional for the football team. So it's just great the boys were able to go up there and get that victory for him and put themselves smack dab into the race for the AFC North. That's the thing, and, and you're right. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see just what happens here with the North. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are, have just started their game against the Tennessee Titans. I believe the Browns lost their game yes. earlier. So the Steelers are now 3-2-1. and one. The Bengals are 4-2. and two. Ravens will see how they finish, but they have injected themselves right back into this thing. And coming off the bye week, when you have um, you know, the Browns coming off the bye, and then you also have the Ravens after that, they control their own destiny. And that's something I talked about the last show, was that's what you want. You want to control your own destiny, and that's something the Steelers still do possess at this point in time. Um, let's go ahead and go over the defensive numbers for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. Um, not not horrible. We'll talk about the defense in a second, but just to give you some totals here, Vince Williams finished the, with seven total tackles, six solo. Uh, the team as a whole ended with three sacks of, excuse me, three sacks of Andy Dalton, four tackles for a loss. They had six pass defenses, which is pretty solid for this group, and four quarterback hits total. There were no turnovers on either side of the of the docket. And um, Lance, what was your initial reaction for the defense? Because for me, I thought they played a very good game up until uh, the last drive. Uh, I thought up until that last drive, the Cincinnati Bengals had been aided by some horrendous special teams play by the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, missed tackles and stuff of that nature. The last drive was awful, but if it's it's the same exact thing that happened in Super Bowl 43, and they said it on the sideline, then it was, if you're going to let them score, you better let them score quick, and that's exactly what they did to give the offense enough time. What was your initial reaction on the, with the defense? I thought it's better. I, I think it's improving, but it's a mixed performance. When you look at the third down efficiency numbers for the Bengals, 6 of 12, 50%, and 3 of 3 in the red zone, that has to improve. But they weren't aided by some special teams. They had some two really bad drives. The drive uh, at the end of the half and the drive at the end of the game. Those two drives are bad. You have to improve there. But they did just enough to win the game. And what they're doing now, and, and, and we talked about it on the true and false, with this defense ever hold teams on average under, you know, around 20 points a game. And they're working towards that. With this offense and their ability to score points, this is around the number that you want to hold teams to to like 21. The only good thing in this game that they had in terms of scoring defense is that they limited the Bengals' opportunities to only three in the red zone. They got to get home on some plays. Um, I, I think they got caught in some bad coverages with linebackers on some running backs on some tight ends in that game. They can play better. Some of that can improve. But defense is the ultimate, the ultimate complementary sport. Special teams really aids defense, and I think they were let down in some instances by special teams but overall solid performance winning performance but like we said going into the bye there's meat on the bone it can improve but the defense over the last two weeks is playing better than a defense that we saw get shredded earlier in the season by kansas city well you know i'll say this because lj ford did not play in this game he was injured he did not practice at all you have the feeling he should be healthy coming off the bye I would feel I would feel a lot better about this defense if you go back to Atlanta when Vince Williams was out of the lineup. They had Tyler Matikavich in on most basic your base defense, and then they put LJ Ford in for sub packages when they had that linebacker on the field, and it looked a lot better. 
Um, LJ Ford is athletic enough that he can cover running backs, that he can cover tight ends. Vince Williams is not. So, But in, in my opinion, I think Vince Williams is a better run stopper than Matikiewicz. So I'm actually excited to see – I let me just say, I hope the Steelers' defensive coaching staff inserts Ford back into the lineup on those sub packages because if they do that, I think that this defense – in terms of the middle, which is something we've talked about ad nauseum uh, here this this season, I think this defense could be a lot better than what it already has become. They're getting to the quarterback. They lead the league in sacks um, after six weeks, and they had three more today. It's it's hard to believe. You know, Javon Hargrave gets one. Stephon Tua gets his first of the season. Um, it, it's coming from a, a a lot of different people, but I you agree with me that. What LJ Ford showed against the Falcons offense, if he can play that role again when with Vince Williams in there alongside Bossa, because I think Bossa has been very good in my opinion, you think that's going to help this defense a lot? Well, let me add something as well to the point you made. I think it's a very good one. The two at sack was great sack. That was great timing to get your first. That was an awesome timing to get that sack. But add in Morgan Burnett as well. Hopefully you get Morgan Burnett back and you can add Fort to the mix. Maybe you can take both of those linebackers off the field and get that much better in sub-package football in terms of covering running backs and tight ends in the seams. You can add two pretty good pass defenders, which would increase the productivity and the production of this defense. So I like where you're going there. And so I, I really want to see this defense when they add Burnett and, the, and what Burnett can add to this defense. But the funny thing about this team, you know, it's and, and I'm sure that it's gone on with several teams in the National Football League. That first month is pretty sketchy. Typically, in most NFL seasons, you'll say the first four games, you can kind of tell what your football team is. But that's not the case anymore in the National Football League. It's probably the first eight games or the first six give you sort of an idea of what your football team is because this team is rounding into shape and it's great that the buy is coming so guys can get healthy and maybe that other guy is coming in that we won't say his name until maybe he comes in but but where they are right now they're trending up and this is kind of where you want to be you get cleveland after the buy maybe you go out and get that win you're four two and one and, and, and you get that rematch game against the Ravens, and now you really control your destiny. So they're moving in the right direction, absolutely. So for me, my question is now with the Steelers heading into the bye week, do they make any changes? Um, th it's a time to do it. I think getting healthy is going to really aid this team. Um, but I, I think about – well, let me back up. Do you – I, I don't really want to talk about the guy, but I have to because it Im impacts the team. If Le'Veon Bell does show up, and we'll talk about this more on Wednesday, if he does report, do you make any changes? Do you make it? Do you insert him back in? I, I know what the team's probably going to do, but if you're the coach, Lance, you're Mike Tomlin, how do you handle Bell coming back into the lineup? He has to come off the bench till he works himself back. Connor's production makes him come off the bench. I mean, you cannot, you cannot punish Connor for playing outstanding football. Connor is playing really well. You keep everything the same on the offensive side of football. And what you just have is a two-headed monster at the running back position. These guys can split carries, and you can just really pound teams now. I think what it does is it just really helps them play the type of football that they need. 
complimentary offensive football that helps keep this defense off the field where they can control clock and punish teams with the running game. I think the addition of Bell, if he comes back, just makes the formula that they found better. But I think they have to continue to reward the young man, Connor, in, in, in continuing to let him start because he's played outstanding football this so far this year. So you keep Connor as the starter and you bring Le'Veon Bell back off the bench and you work him in and let him get into football shape. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you a question, Lance, and you're not going to answer it until Wednesday. It's going to be a talking point for our show on Wednesday. We've seen Juju Smith-Schuster, or maybe I should say that I've seen Juju Smith-Schuster enough that for me, I'm impressed. I mean, the, the kid has done everything that was expected of him and then some. And we've seen Antonio Brown line up with some really good receivers when he was the dominant receiver in Pittsburgh. So I'm not going back to like when Heinz Ward was still playing and Brown was just a budding player on the offense. I'm talking about young money crew and on. My question for you, Lance, and anyone that's watching this live on YouTube or if you're on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and want to comment in the comment section, would you say that the Brown-Smith-Schuster duo is the best one-two punch that Pittsburgh has had in the Antonio Brown era? I want you to think about it because you're going to have to go back and look at all the different players that have played there. You have Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, or Tavis Bryant. I want you to think about the complete complement that these players are. Um, you know, in terms of what they do on the field, what they bring to the team. Um, think about that. Do you have any comments off the, right off the bat? I don't want you to answer it, but do you have any comments about that right off the bat? Off the top of my head, I would say no. I said don't answer off it. The top. You said off the top of my head. I mean, that's yeah, not I my said, official I answer. Said, okay. That's, right. that's not my <laughs> official. Off the top of my head, I would just think no. Okay. Um, I, I think there was a better duo. Right. Off the top of my head. Well, and you probably and you probably know the duo I'm thinking of. I won't name the duo, but yes, I think there was a duo slightly better than this two, than these two. Ladarius Green. I know I know exactly what you're thinking. Not just exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I do want to get into some team statistics here, Lance, because I find it to be very important and telling. Um the Pittsburgh Steelers ran 67 total plays on offense to the Cincinnati 58. Um, in terms of time of possession, they won the time of possession with 34 minutes and 56 seconds, had 481 total yards to Cincinnati's 275. Um, I, I, look at, I look at this number right here, red zone. Steelers were two for four, and you're thinking, ah, it's 50%, that's not bad. But those two that they didn't score on were just, absolute backbreakers both of the time both times they had the ball at the one or inside the one and failed to score that can happen if you're a good team and then you look on the flip side and the Bengals were three for three in the red zone not a very good defensive performance but we've come to we've come to get used to that i guess uh penalties Steelers were penalized nine times for 69 yards they are by far and away the nfl leader in terms of penalties so far this season not trending in the right direction. Not trending in the right direction. It got up to nine, Jeff. I thought they had it cleaned up because I know earlier in the game, it was only like two penalties like going into the half. They got seven more in the second half. I thought they had – I thought they were – I thought they got that number down. But let me give you a positive number. And 
let me give you a positive number because people think I can't be positive. I don't have a sense of humor and I can't be positive on the show. The mask and me predicting that they should win. And, and, and let me just pop my collar there because I did pick them and they did win. That should show you that I have a sense of humor. And that should be funny because I'm saying I have a sense of humor. Big plays. Big plays is something that we talked about in our breakdown. They only gave up one big play in the passing game, 23 yards to A.J. Green. Now, they had some drops to Cincinnati Bungles, but that's what we were talking about, keeping the big plays down. Now, the time of possession being that tilted, you probably don't have that too many times, but, man, 25 minutes. You don't want this defense to play too much more than 60 snaps. They kept it over under 60. 60 about 65 is probably the breaking point with his defense. They kept the defense fresh, kept the defense off the field, but you're right. They've got to score those touchdowns in the red zone, and this game isn't as thrilling as we're talking about, but you know, I still like where this is trending. I think this is trending in the right direction because earlier in the season, this defense was a bend and break defense, not bend, not break. It was bend and break, and now it's just bend, not break. Okay, so are you buying now? Are you a buyer for the Steelers? Because, you know, we asked this question, um, I, I want to say it was before the Falcons game. What would the Steelers need to do for you to say, I'm all, I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm back on that bandwagon. I think this team can compete. I think they can contend. Are you there yet, Lance, or does this team still have something to show you? Well, you know, first I want to correct Jeff and just say, I'm never on the bandwagon. I got a permanent seat. That's, that's true. I, I got a permanent seat up front. I'm on the Pat bus. I ride the 16D Woods Run from downtown to Manchester in the north side. So I got a permanent seat on the bus. But I'm going to tell you, like I told you guys last week on the program, they're going to have to win three of these division games. First one, check, beat Cincinnati, handle your business, beat Cleveland, and beat Baltimore. Win all three of those, I'm all in. My, my seat is warm. I'm getting cozy on the Pat bus because they just turned the heat on because it's cold downtown, and that wind is whipping through. I got a permanent seat on the 16D, baby. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about if you're from Pittsburgh. <laughs> that 16D bus, you got to wait for an hour hoping that you don't miss the last one. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, well, you know what? That's a question that I love to ask fans because after the 0-1 and one start, everyone, and then let's go a step further to the one two and one start. I mean, there were fans like you said that were ready to jump off the Clemente Bridge, and we were having to try to talk them down. And I, I always want to know, you know, when the Steelers are in in their prime, you know, when they're rattling off 13 wins in a season, everyone can jump up and say, "Heck yeah, the Steelers! I love the Steelers." But at what point when things are not going well, do you say, you know what, if this team can do bop, 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 then I'm back. I think this team is going to be a team that can contend. I, I think that a lot of people feel that if the Steelers win their next two coming off the bye, so they, they beat the Browns at home, they go into Baltimore and win, very difficult place to play, they go into M&T and win, then they're all of a sudden thinking, man, this, this, uh, this team could be for real. Because if they were to do that, they would advance to five, two and one on the season they would be most likely at or near the top of the division race and it would make things interesting but that's a that's a discussion for a whole other time so i asked our listeners 
that were on live on YouTube if they had any questions. And we had some here, so let's go do let's go to a little rapid fire. You ready, Lance? I'm born ready, baby. That's right. How big of an advantage do you think the the Bengals' lack of tight ends was in this game today? It's a huge advantage for the Steelers. The Steelers can't cover tight ends in the seam. We all know that. It was a huge advantage for the Steelers in this game. Although I think their tight ends still played pretty well. But yes, huge advantage because we know that Bostic and we know that Vince do not cover running backs and tight ends coming through the seams very well. So it was a huge advantage for the Steelers. But let me go back to the one point about that Patrick Duran made. I don't know if Tomlin served the game up. And you guys, you know, you, you guys know I like Tomlin. I think the issue with not challenging, I think it's just a tough spot right there. I, I think what you think is you want to hold the challenge because you don't have any left, and you think that your offense can convert from one yard away. I mean, you're on a half-yard line. If you can't punch it in there, you know, you should probably lose the game. They didn't, so they got bailed out. But, I mean, I, mean, I, I didn't have a problem with them not challenging there uh, because you got to have some faith in your offense that they could punch it in at that point. Well, yeah, Tomlin said in his post-game press conference when he was asked about that, that he did not have a good view, um, that obviously the home team, the Cincinnati Bengals, did not show a lot of replays. Um, I could see either way. I thought that the first half challenge was awful. Uh, it was very wow. evident that to me, I think anyone in the stadium that he didn't make the first down. And then it makes you second-guess yourself, and you have to worry about timeouts and things of that nature. So it's it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback. And always second guess what the coach does. But you know what? It's a big win for the Steelers today. Um, has Vance McDonald won the starting position, or do you think that he's just one? It's a one A one B scenario. I think it's it, it's both tight ends, Jesse James and Vance McDonald. They're basically swapping them out unless they're using two tight end sets, in which case, um, you know, they're having both on the field at the same time. Xavier Grimble has played more and more the last two weeks, though, Lance. I mean, all three tight ends have played well. I thought, don't you think? I think the Titans have played well. Hell yeah, Vance McDonald should be the starter. Jesse James, me and my dad were watching the game laughing because Jesse James has to be the worst yards after catch guy ever. All you got to do is blow on that guy. He's going to fall over. He's looking to fall as soon as he catches the ball. I, I like Jesse as a player. He's a complimentary dude. But Vance McDonald, you know, quick twitch, super fast, strong, better in the blocking game, better receiver. Vance is the man. They need to give Vance some money and bring Vance back. Hopefully Vance can stay healthy because Vance is a big-time player. Vance should be the starter moving forward. Talk about a change of narrative. And you know, and when he missed all of preseason and all the training camp because of his ankle injury, it was everyone's like, oh, man, this guy's always hurt, yada, yada, yada. And everyone's on the Vanimal train right now. So remember that, folks. Sometimes we're a little short-sighted. Okay, um... Is there anyone on this team or anyone that, that the Steelers can bring in to take Artie Burns' spot? Uh, Artie Burns did not have a very good game. He wasn't targeted that much, but when he was, went for completions. Um, they've been, they still have been switching out he and Cody Sensabaugh for those that have been paying attention. But you know, they did promote Brian Allen from the practice squad. Um, what do you think, Lance, about Artie Burns? We didn't do our heroes and zeros, but Artie's the zero. That's what I think. Artie's not a good player. Artie's not playing well. He's not playing good football. Artie's having some confidence issues. So uh, Artie gets the zero for me. And um, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if they have a better option. 
They just need a more consistent option, a guy that's going to play the coverages. Because on a play where they gave up the touchdown, even if you think a safety is over top, you still got to get under the throw. And he didn't even do that. So Artie's this is a good break for Artie to get his mind right. Maybe he needs a little bit of break to get refocused and recenter and come back and play some solid football. You know, I'm looking here, and uh, a lot of times uh, we forgot to do our little grades. You want to do those real quick? Goodness. Oh, uh, sure. You okay sure. over there? Good. You look. I'm trying to, you look. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to adjust the mask. I'm trying to get it right. <laughs> All right, real quick, Lance. We're gonna do some grades. We didn't do this at the beginning of the show. We're going to do some grades here. And it's a four out of four scale. Obviously, if you get a four, you had a phenomenal game. That's an A. All right, ready? I'm going to give the defense a two and a half. Okay. They played just well enough to win. They were aided by some drops by Cincinnati. They were bad on third down and bad on the red zone. Uh, but that's why you play football. Your offense complements your foot, your, your defense at times, and they pick them up, and that's what they did. Defense can play better, but the one good positive is that they're not giving up big plays like they used to. So it was a winning effort, but it can't get better. So my grades are two and a half. Yeah, so I would say two point seven five. I thought they played a great game up until the last drive. Ben Roethlisberger, what's his grade? I'd give Ben a three. Winning performance, I'll give Ben a three and a half. That last drive was outstanding, but you've got to score two touchdowns in the red zone, and you wouldn't have to do that. So I give Ben a three and a half. Thought he played a solid game, didn't turn it over on the road, uh, and you get a divisional win, three and a half. Shoot, I'm going to go three, seven, five, just because he only threw one touchdown. But, man, like you said, clean. He, uh, I thought he played well. The last drive was vintage Roethlisberger. All right, let's go to the offensive line. What's, what's the offensive line grade? That's a four. Anytime you get 100 on the ground, no sacks, that's a four. That's probably a four and a half, 4.5. No, I'm going to say 4.75. That's a, a plus Jeff likes to do. Five, so I'm going to go 4.75. I'm going to give him above the, the, the maximum. Only knock would be only knock would be they've got to run better in short yardage situations. you got to punch that in on the one. You've got to score. you got to have an attitude there and punch that in, in the game. That's why I'm going with a 3.9. You've got to get those one-yard touchdown runs. That's not a – That's hey, other than that phenomenal game, I thought this group is really starting to play in unison. Uh, James Conner, grade him. Four. Agreed. Who needs that other guy? Exactly. Who needs that other guy? Four. Absolutely. Let's do the next three, uh, some rapid fire. Juju. Four. Antonio. Four. Vance, 3.5. 3.5 for Vance? I don't understand what. I mean, you, you count the fumble as the half point off there? Uh, I don't know what I can expect him to do. He blocked I'll give well. him a four. You're right. I'll give him a four. No, 3.5 because he fumbled. Don't fumble the football. And no, yeah. no, and no one hit him. If you watch that again, he just his hands are huge. He was holding the ball like a loaf of bread. That's something my flag football coach told me when I was six years old. Don't hold the football like a loaf of bread. Hey, let's go to some defensive guys here. I want some individual grades. Joe Hayden, what are you grading him? Three. Really? I didn't think he really did that solid. bad. AJ Green's really, really good. I think he played really solid. I think he, he uh, a three. I give him a three point two five. You like these weird grades, so I give him a <laughs> three point two five. I'm struggling with the mask. I give him a three point two five. Do you want to take a minute, take that thing off, or what? 
No, I'm not going to take it off till they lose. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go with uh, uh, shoot TJ Watt. Two. Mm. Where was TJ? Where was he? He well, he had a big stop on third down on Joe Mixon. That was on a drive where they looked like they were going to be in field goal range. Um, Artie Burns, what what grade are you giving him? Did he play? Incomplete. Uh, I'm incomplete. gonna give Artie a zero. Well, a zero is different than an incomplete. You're giving him a zero. I'm giving him a zero. Okay. I would give him a zero. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, Ter- <laughs> Ter- <laughs> Terrell Edmonds, what, do you, what grade are you giving him? Because I didn't really see him much, two and a half. Yeah, I can dig that. Vince Williams. I'm going to give Vince a two and a half. And Bad in coverage, stout in the running game. Now, here's, here's the biggest question of them all. There's two. Chris Boswell. Three, three and a half. What did he do wrong? He made all of his kicks. No, 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 actually, no, 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 no. Here's why I'm giving Chris Boswell three and a half. Man, kicking it that short at the end of the half was terrible. I don't think that's him. Terrible. I think that's Danny Smith. Is that a call? Is that a Danny Smith? That's terrible. You got to kick that out of the end zone and make them go 80. You kick it short. You give up the return. They get on a 50. Then you get a penalty right after that. That's bad. And the zero also could have been special teams played. The covered units were bad this game. They were outstanding the week before against Atlanta. They were terrible this game. They really almost cost Steelers this ball game. So, eh, Boswell, I'm gonna give three and a half. Okay, uh, I, I would give him a. See, I, I still think that because when you see him kicking out of the end zone sometimes and kicking it short, that tells me that the coach is saying, "Hey, I want you to kick it short here. We're trying to pin him back." So I'll give him a three seven five. Yeah, your best friend Jordan Berry. What is your predict? What was your uh, grade for him? Jeez, man, two and a half, man. Like, he's kicked by kick, man. He's punt by punt. He had the a one punt was yarder. great. The he had one a was nine yarder, man. Sixty nine yards. I don't know, man. Can we? Uh, because they won, I, I, I give him a two point seven five. I like your point seven fives. Two point seven five. No, two. He sucks. Okay. Um, <laughs> overall coaching staff. So I, I want you to grade Mike Tomlin and the boys. Uh, I'm going to give Tomlin a three. Uh, nothing great, nothing bad. The challenge was the most controversial play there, but they won the game. I'm going to give Feetner probably a 3.25, man. That last drive was fantastic. But you don't know if he's calling the plays or Ben's calling the plays. Defensive side of football, yeah, I'm going to give them a two and a half. They're not giving up big plays, but, man, they got to play better on in the red zone and on third down. Uh, so overall, I think the coaching staff was probably a 2.75. I, I think the players, to a certain extent, their execution down the stretch kind of cleaned it up for the coaches in some areas. Danny Smith and the special teams units were bad, so that kind of drags the grade down to about a 2.75. You know, it helps to have A, B, and Big Ben get the win, correct, get better, holla at your boy. Yeah, if I were to write a note to Keith Butler, I would say, please stop blitzing safeties. If you want to blitz Mike Hilton off the edge, by all means, but please stop blitzing safeties. It's late. It's leaving your secondary hanging out to dry in the back end. Please stop blitzing your safeties. Now, Reed over and he he brought up a good point. Uh, no, Darius Hayward Bay and LJ Ford on special teams did not help. DHB is a gunner. So he's one of those first guys down there. Um, 
I'll tell you what, with the trade deadline approaching, and I believe it's October 30th. I'll double check on that. It is. It there, is. You're right. There could be some moves made. There's already been some players, uh, Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals. The Cardinals are basically just trying to sell. If, if, it, if there's anyone that wants to buy, they're selling. So for that, um, you know, we have to look at it. And I think the Steelers would be smart to just get a feel for what people were asking. If they have extra draft picks, if they have, um, you know, maybe it's a, a player that they are, they're interested in. I'm not saying it's a lady on bell trade, but yeah, to see, see if it's worth it. I think it'd have to be a position where a player could come in and just play. I think about like a cornerback. Um, they, they can go uh, in. That's Patrick Peterson. That's the guy you want if you can do a trade for. It's Patrick Peterson. Well, yeah, but I'm saying the position matters too. For instance, I, trading for an inside linebacker or, or a pass rusher would be good because you'd say, hey, just go go get go get the pass rusher. Go get the quarterback. You know, a, a quarterback has to know man zone coverages. Those are pretty much standard across the league, especially for the cornerback outside cornerback position. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, I do want to say before we wrap this thing up, and before I give Lance a chance to kind of, you know, give his spiel at the end of the show, we will be on this week. Be prepared for a regular slate of, of schedule, you know, talking about uh, the, the hangover will be uh, Monday night. Wednesday night will be the standard is the standard. Thursday, we'll still have a preview show, but we'll be talking about upcoming AFC North matchups. Um, we'll probably be on again on Sunday. We'll we'll pick a time, and I'll tweet it out so that everyone knows uh, what time we'll be on, on on next Sunday to talk about the AFC North action and then start looking ahead to the Steelers and Browns. Lance, go ahead. Uh, give me your final take here on um, – give me your final take as to the Steelers heading into the bye, coming off the win. Where do they go from here? I think the arrow's pointing up. Big up to Greg Wakefield, man. I'm trying to get this right. You know, this is my first – time i'm trying to be ghost face stealer you know the wu-tang clan the representative of the Steelers. you know i'm representing pittsburgh ghost face dealer holla at your boy but the man is trending up this is where you want to be going into the bye you get a win hopefully Le'Veon actually calls the team and tells him that he's coming in it's trending up you get healthy you're starting to play good football i think they're right where you want them to be i mean looking back at this first piece of the season you would have hoped that you beat cleveland but you know you're at three two and one you know you're right where you want to be you're, you're trending uh real quick on the trades patrick peterson would be great you add a corner to this defense it elevates this defense uh one of the listeners out there talked about market king but i think market king is hurt yeah if he were available the, the punter i think he's hurt but if yeah. there was a punter out there that you could find uh, that would help this defense as well, help this football team because Barry is just not in, it's just not consistent. But this is where the team wants to be. You go in three, two, and one. You're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling frisky. They got to get um, Artie Burns to play better so this defense continue to trend upwards. But man, a road divisional win is awesome. Shea leave, we day. You know what they are. The Bungles. They don't beat the Steelers. Holla at your boy. Let's keep it cracking. Keep it moving. AKA Ghostface Steeler, and I'm out. Uh, all right, so um, I do want to mention real quick before we go that Vontez Perfect is complete trash, and he's dirty, and there's something wrong with that guy. We're going to talk about that more this week, especially on Wednesday, since we'll have the time to really dive into how dirty he is and some of the things that he said and did on the field as some of these reports are coming from the players uh, after the game. Lance, I want to thank you for your time. 
I appreciate it as always. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And folks, remember, follow us on every single podcast platform. That is the most important thing to understand, whether it's Stitch, Art19, uh, iTunes, Spotify, we're everywhere. Just type in BTSE Steelers and you will find us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.